Hello and welcome to episode 107 of the Real World Nutrition Podcast, Seafood, Health Benefits, Sustainability, and More. Hi everyone, welcome to this latest episode of the Real World Nutrition Podcast. I am your host, Shelley Rael, registered dietitian, nutritionist, and the founder of Real World Nutrition. Today, we're going to address the world of seafood, explore the benefits of fish. I'll address the differences between fresh, frozen, and canned options, and address how to make sustainable choices. I'll also address ocean versus farm-raised fish, the risks versus benefits, and some simple ways to cook fish. So as this is dropping, it is October, which is National Seafood Month. So I'm going to address the oceans or the farm to your plate and how seafood has so many health benefits and considerations for those who want to integrate this nutritious food into their diet. So first, what is considered seafood? When I say seafood, most people automatically think of fin fish but it is a vast and diverse category. So there's so many flavors and textures. So there are the fin fish, then there's the shellfish, then there's the crustaceans. Those are what some people call the bottom feeders. And each type of these seafood bring a unique profile to our diet. But the nice thing about seafood, at least in my opinion, is that you can grill, broil, fry, there's so many ways to enjoy the various forms of seafood. Now, first, I must address the health benefits of eating fish. As my role as a registered dietitian nutritionist, I'm encouraging a variety of foods, including seafood. So the health benefits of including fish in your diet is varied. It does have a reputation as a lean source of protein, or in some cases, some of the fatty fish like salmon and mackerel are full of the healthy fats. So I'm going to take a closer look at these two things. So you've got the protein. Some fish is pretty much all protein, very, very low in fat, and others do have the higher fat content. So as I mentioned, omega-3 fatty acids. Now, these are unsaturated fats, particularly EPA and DHA, and it's a mouthful to not use those initials, so I'm going to stick with EPA and DHA. And these are known for their heart-healthy properties, and they are known to reduce the risk of heart disease by lowering blood pressure and triglyceride levels. And omega-3 fats have anti-inflammatory effects that may help alleviate symptoms like rheumatoid arthritis and other inflammatory conditions. Now, keep in mind, as I'm addressing omega-3s, in a lot of cases, they're finding that actual seafood consumption of these omega-3s have much better outcomes compared to the supplemental version. So I just want to encourage people to include seafood as part of their overall diet and primary source of omega-3 fatty acids. And then there's the vitamins and minerals. 
Fish is a rich source of essential vitamins and minerals. Vitamin D, it's one of the few sources of vitamin D in food, and that can help with bone health. And vitamin D is abundant in the fatty fish like salmon and mackerel that I already mentioned. And then B12 is crucial for nerve function and is especially important for those who are eating primarily plant-based or vegetarian type diets. And then there's iodine and selenium, which are essential for thyroid function, which are also naturally found in seafood. So as I mentioned, the good source of omega-3 fats, I want to address this a little bit more. Certain fish varieties are your best allies if you're trying to boost your omega-3 intake. So I mentioned the fatty fish like salmon and mackerel, but sardines are also in this group. And these are prime sources of these heart-healthy fats. Salmon is renowned for being a generous source of omega-3. And it's not just the type of fish. We want to have healthier preparation methods like grilling, baking, or broiling because that helps retain the omega-3 content much better than deep frying. Now granted, I don't know if I've ever encountered deep fried salmon, but just want to address that because sometimes people go for more fish and don't realize that the fried fish is not the healthiest option. Now I want to address fresh, frozen, and canned, and what's the difference? So understanding fresh, frozen, and canned seafood can help you make informed choices. Now, fresh seafood, there's, in my opinion, there's nothing like fresh seafood when it's enjoyed at its peak. When I'm hanging out, vacationing along the ocean, along the coast, I am getting seafood every time because there's no comparison of having fresh fish when you're there. But we have to make sure that it is sourced appropriately and stored so it can maintain its freshness as best as possible. Now, if you aren't near the source, getting high quality fresh fish can be difficult. When handled correctly, frozen seafood can be nearly as nutritious as fresh fish. Flash freezing locks in nutrients and flavor, making it a convenient option without sacrificing quality. Because I live in the desert Southwest, Frozen fish is my main choice because that is the safer option. Fresh fish is not usually something we're getting just by the mere fact of geography and getting it here in an appropriate time just doesn't work out. Now the other option is canned seafood like tuna and salmon. And this offers convenience and an extended shelf life. While there may be a slight reduction in the omega-3 content due to the processing, canned options are still nutritious for quick and easy meals. Now, ocean versus the farm-raised fish, the environmental and health perspective. When choosing seafood, you face the ocean versus the farm-raised dilemma, which encompasses environmental and health considerations. 
ocean caught fish can be sustainable if sourced responsibly, but overfishing remains a global concern. Sustainable practices like those certified by organizations such as the Marine Stewardship Council can mitigate these issues. Now, I have a link in the show notes to the Marine Stewardship Council so you can look at information there. Now, farm-raised seafood is a more controlled and sustainable option. And despite what people may think, hormones are not used in farm-raised fish. Antibiotics are only used when needed and given by a veterinarian, and they have to be cleared from the fish before it can be harvested. So striking a balance between wild-caught and farm-raised choices can support your health and the environment. Now, what about these health concerns and risky fish? While seafood has numerous health benefits, there is a public consciousness of potential concerns, and we need to be aware of this. The significant issue, or one significant issue, I should say, is mercury contamination, which can be harmful, especially to pregnant women and young children. Now, mercury is higher in certain species of fish, like shark, swordfish, king mackerel, and tilefish. So these tend to have an accumulation of higher levels of mercury. But when I talk to people and ask them how often they have shark, swordfish, king mackerel, and tilefish, most people have never even had these fish. So when choosing seafood, consider the risks associated with the mercury against the overall health benefits of consuming fish and opting for low mercury varieties like salmon and sardines, and this can minimize the concern. And pregnant women and children benefit from the consumption of seafood, and actually it is a concern that people are avoiding it at these critical times because of mercury contamination concerns when The fact is most people aren't eating those higher mercury fish in the first place. So balancing the risks versus the benefits. Well, this is really important in making informed dietary choices. So monitoring your fish consumption and choosing low mercury options can minimize potential risk. And it's important to remember that the benefits of fish, particularly those in the omega-3 fatty acids or those rich in those omega-3 fatty acids, often outweigh the potential risks for most people. Informed decisions is key to enjoying seafood safely. We find, dietitians find in this environment, people are avoiding things out of concerns when those concerns are very, very minor, they're real, but they're very minor, and the risk is higher by avoiding the food that has the health benefits. So recommended amount of fish per week, really to maximize the health benefits of fish, the American Heart Association recommends consuming at least two servings of fatty fish per week, and that would be about three and a half ounces of those servings, so seven ounces a week, that provides a sustainable 
sub, sorry, not sustainable, substantial dose of heart healthy omega-3 fats. So by incorporating fish into your weekly meals, you can support cardiovascular health and have a variety of food. So sustainability. So for those interested in sustainability, there's resources that can guide your seafood choices. So organizations like the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch and the Marine Stewardship Council that I already mentioned, both of these are linked in the show notes. They have valuable information and address certifications as it relates to seafood sustainability. Now, these resources can help consumers make eco-friendly decisions and promote responsible fishing and aquaculture practices. Now, one of the things, again, living in the desert southwest, I have a lot of people who have concerns about cooking fish properly. And it's really doesn't need to be intimidating. There are so many ways to prepare seafood that it, each of them have a unique flavor to them. So grilling, I love grilling and even like cedar plant grilling of salmon. This gives it different flavors. Baking can help keep it moist and not dry out if you don't overbake it. And broiling can finish off, give you some crispy finish. Poaching can be something where it's really light. I use poaching for fish tacos. So I make the fish by poaching it and then cut it up for fish tacos. There's so many things you can do. Experiment with seasoning, herbs, sauces, marinades. There's so many rubs. I've got a brown sugar, paprika, and soy sauce mix that I do for my salmon when I don't do the cedar plank. There's so many things. I, I don't even, I'm not even going to start here on how to do this, where you can just look up a rub or a sauce for salmon or a topping for tilapia and how you can do that. So that's it with regard to addressing the sustainable seafood practices and getting more fish into your diet. So I want to encourage you to try something if you haven't done it in a while. I've talked a lot about the fin fish, but also the shellfish and the crustaceans do also have benefits to them. So thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Real World Nutrition Podcast. I hope you learned something valuable today. And again, I want to encourage you to head on over to the website. The Real World Meal Planning Course is now open for enrollment. So it is open for enrollment, the real world meal planning course, where I go into all aspects of planning your own meals, grocery shopping tips, how you can integrate your schedule, the kitchen tools you already have, and your personal dietary preferences into your meal planning, and how to save time and money in the process. So don't miss out on the enrollment period. It is limited. It is not open forever. So head on over to the website and check out the Real World Meal Planning course. And the link is in the show notes. And I encourage you to read over it, ask questions about it, and register today. It is ongoing. So when you enroll, you can come anytime you are available. You don't have to attend. There's no grading. And it's 
ongoing once you're in the course. So that just means when you're ready to jump in, you do it, do it at your own pace, and I'll be there to support you along the way. And while you're over there, you can learn more about working with me and sign up or get your name on the calendar for a 30-minute introductory call with me so we can talk about you reaching your health, wellness, and nutrition goals today. That's it for for today. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.